Blog Talk Radio. How are you? Hello. <laughs> I'm well. 
Great, great. Welcome to A Date with Destiny. Um, I want to take a minute just to thank you for being on with us this evening. I'm so excited to have you share so many of your wonderful gifts and talents with us. Oh, thank you for having me. Now, I want to back up a little bit because I was getting a little tongue-tied during the introduction. It's (laughs) Cartons of Ultrasounds, is that correct? Yes, Cartons of Ultrasounds. Now tell me about that. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, that that piece was a it was a very deep and dark piece, um, but it was basically talking about how our patriarchal society puts all these limiting factors and judgmental factors on female bodies. So essentially, okay. um, you know how you see like children on the milk cans and the milk cartons and all that kind of stuff, like someone is missing or someone is lost. Right. And that was, you know, it's kind of symbolic. It's like we are birthing women into the world as lost beings, as lost souls, because of mm-hmm. all the judgmental things that we put on top of them. So they're they're born missing. They're born lost. Wow, that's that's deep. Now, now, ladies and gentlemen, I just want you to know this is a deep sister right here, okay? So um, just be prepared to learn some things from this young woman because I'm telling you, she is just. Uh, an awesome beam of light, and she definitely allows her light to shine very, very brightly in this world. And I'm very, very honored to have an opportunity uh, to meet her. And um, as a matter of fact, I met her through my goddaughter, and she had me, she asked me to be a part of this project um, that uh, T.S. was doing, and I, that's what I want to talk about now, um, the Sincerely She Project. I just thought that once I found out you know, what the whole thing was about, it's just it's awesome. So if you could take a few minutes to enlighten us about that project. Sure. The Sincerely She Project, um, it pretty much started out like this big, this bubble in my mind that I didn't know how to, to manifest, so I was like, okay, I'm going to break it down in three parts, right, because everything is better when you do it in three. Um, so basically, mm-hmm. it's a project that's dedicated to finding individuals who strive to motivate and create an affirming awareness to a community at large. Um, and these women, these women in this space um, are about embracing drive and empowerment to other women from all walks of life. And it's about putting a new energy into the terminology that we say is sisterhood and mm-hmm. not just about celebrating one's triumphs with that is important as well, but also celebrating in one's perseverance and, and their trials and their journey to get to who they are as these dynamic mm-hmm. women bodies in the space. So yeah. that's how it began. I broke it down into three parts, and we're still kind of in phase one. We're moving into phase two, and um, phase one is where – I'm having women write letters to their younger self, and it could be any time frame of their younger self. And then the other component is that they have to read this letter as if their younger self was looking them in the eye, like was sitting right in front of them. So you get that other layer and that texture as well. And it's been beautiful so far. I think we have 11 letters up. Uh, and there's yeah, still more on the way. Yeah, it's quite a few. It's quite a few. And um, I was like, as you were putting them up, I was listening to them and reading the letters, and it just blew me away. I was like, wow, this is really deep, and it's very much needed. 
Um, you know, I, I believe, I already know, but, you know, I believe that this right here, you know, I know it's probably already international, um, but it's just going to reach, far reach, I mean, just extend across the world because this is the type of thing that has been missing, <laughs> especially <Yeah. laughs> with women, um, because we have to learn how to not just embrace each other but embrace and love ourselves. And I think for me what it what it did for me um, when I wrote my letter to my younger self, a message to my younger self, it makes you sit and you, it makes you think, like, okay, mm-hmm. this is where I am now. What would I say? to the younger me, you know, because we're always right. saying if if I knew then what I know now, you know, girl, would we exactly. be awesome or what? <laughs> <laughs> so I really appreciate, yeah, I really appreciate what you've done with this. Um, is there anything else you can, like, share, you know, share with us about it? What is phase three? Yes, phase three is kind of like, uh, it's, I feel like it's my baby. It's kind of like the part that I saw first before I had all these okay. other components added in it. Um, mm-hmm. But phase three is all visual. It's visual okay. art. So I want to gather women artists as well to be able wow. to take these letters or use the letters or and, and, you know, incorporate their own letters as well as a moving piece of art whatever that may be. So if it's like mm-hmm. building a sculpture and having the letters, you know, be on the sculpture or just like cascading with some type of scrim or whatever visual artists do because they're great, which is why I'm not a visual artist, um, just mm-hmm. put these letters from kind of like from the page to the stage of life in a way so that someone, yeah. you know, the women can come and see and they can feel it as being tangible and topical, like they are the change that the world needs already. So they just have to recognize that within themselves. Well, now, um, T, how can they get in touch with you? What is your website so that they can go and see some of the letters for themselves? And then I believe, like, you know, they can check back in to see when the visual part is ready and up, and, and they can submit their entries and stuff like that. Of course, yes. Right now we have open enrollment. Like the first the first half was um, – like, I selected certain women to be part of it to kind of help launch it. But now we mm-hmm. have open enrollment, and they can visit sincerelysheproject.blogspot.com, and that's sincerelysheproject, all one word, .blogspot.com. And okay. if they're interested in sending an email, it's pretty simple, same thing, sincerelysheproject at gmail.com. Or if they go to the site, they're right directly on the site. There's a box that says contact the team. <laughs> and they awesome. can just write us a little a little message if they, you know, and then we'll get that directly as well. Oh, that is so awesome. Okay, so all of you visual artists out there, and even just, you know, whatever your creative um, um, talents are, you just need to go to this site, sincerelysheproject.blog blogspot.com and you just need to sit for a minute take some time turn your cell phone off you know and just read through some of this stuff it is so it's awesome that it's just awesome that's all i can say so let's jump on to the next thing the legacy and lineage tell us a little bit about that <laughs> yes legacy and lineage is a, a course that i created um it's kind of I don't know, maybe maybe a twin, maybe a conjoined twin, I don't know, or a parasitic twin, uh-huh. one of those two things. 
of a class that I took at Temple University with a terrific mentor, Tamika Williams Witherspoon. And okay. it's just it putting putting poetry to motion. Um, she she predominantly does spoken word, um, but I'm more of the you know the performance element of it about telling telling the story in a poetic form. So I partnered up with a local organization in the Philadelphia area to kind of launch this class because my spin on it is that I designed it specifically for youth, um, considering that, you know, I'm guilty of it as well when I go like, oh, these kids today, and, you know, they're so rowdy and they're so this and they're so that. And in working with them, I find out that the reason why, you know, we're putting these negative diatribes onto them is because, you know, we're just getting the backlash of what we aren't doing as adults. So the reason why kids are acting wow. out is because they feel they're yes. not being seen and they're not being heard. Exactly. So with this class, that's that's what I push them. I push them to create their own voice, just using poetry as a vessel to do that. And um, awesome. it's been going well. I've been teaching at that this organization for about a year, going on two years, um, just mm-hmm. cultivating this class and making it develop and helping it grow and got more students over the course of course of the year. They're writing their first book for the first time. It actually will awesome. go live next week. Um okay. so that they can see that their voice matters. And so we called it legacy and lineage because um I want them to be I want them to see their own future. So that's why it starts out with legacy. What is the legacy that they want to leave behind? What is their story? But their lineage that's is beautiful. important as well is because where they come from um is just as important as to maybe something they want to leave behind or still to tell that story. So who they are is important and who they will be is important. Yeah. Now, do you have that Do you have that up on your website as well, the legacy and lineage, so people can go on and listen to some of the poetry? Uh, I do not um, because it's, it's school-based, so you have to be careful about okay. stuff that you're promoting for the Got children. You. But their book will be live um, within – the next week or so, so okay, okay, be able okay. To, to Google that, and it'll be a free book because it's for kids and all that kind of stuff that anybody mm-hmm. could download and just hear their voice and and share. Now, where will they be able to get that next week? It, it'll be on um, or an ebook company called Lulu dot com. So okay. if you go to Lulu dot com, which is L U L U dot com, and in the search section, just type in. Legacy and Lineage, and their book will pop up. Wonderful. And I think it's important because I want people to get this. I want people when they listen to, you know, they're listening to this, um, they'll be able to go back and reference it so that they can go on and then download the book because this is also very, very awesome. It's so good to see people out here embracing our young people because you said something so profound. You know, we're often um, putting them down and saying what they're not doing. Well, what are we doing? You know, are we listening? Are we embracing them? Are we really taking the time to pay attention? So kudos to you. Love it. Absolutely love it. And now this brings me to the next thing. Girl, you're just into – you just do so much. But I love every single one of them. Okay, now, uh, was it a couple months ago, actually – we had an incident where um, a lot of girls were um, kidnapped, and yes. over in Af- and you did um, a bring back our girls uh, campaign, um, and yes. it was all across Facebook and so on and so forth. So, where did you get the idea for that? Um, well, it's actually spawned off of there's a whole lot of organizations. So I I solely can't take the credit for that. 
there are lots of organizations throughout the nation who were doing a bring back our girls. It was kind of like mm-hmm. a social push of from women okay. everywhere who didn't know that we were all thinking out of like the same brain power of positivity yeah. because it wasn't being picked up by local networks. So yeah. what I did for me in the little niche that I had is I pulled all the power women that I knew and we were just like, this is what we got to do. We got to put it out there. Like, you know, you have your blog, and I have my radio station. And then we had one woman involved who actually um, was just on Hell's Kitchen. So she pulled her resources as well. Awesome. And just yeah. getting the push, the push, the push, so that people could know that this is happening. Because we said, like, well, you know, if someone kidnapped a whole school of girls from Italy, it would have been on Fox News, CNN, exactly. like anything, CBS, exactly. NBC. But because it was Nigerian bodies, yeah, our brown bodies, it wasn't getting right. the push that it needed to, that these right. women, these young girls are in danger. So, you know, we yeah. gathered around. I, you know, got some local politicians involved and was like, you know, bring back our girls. I made a little, what do you call a little banner? so that people could, like, mm-hmm. donate their Facebook banner to the canteen cause. Mm-hmm. We didn't ask mm-hmm. anyone for money. That wasn't what it was about. Mm-hmm. We were um, asking people to donate their time and their exposure that, it, you know, in, in hopes and in preparation to bring those girls back home where they needed to be. Awesome. And, you know, you're right because I was seeing this, you know, um, it, it, it caught fire, it was like, you know, mm-hmm. whoosh, you see one person doing it, then another person doing it, then another. And I just said, wow, this is beautiful. And then we were able to uh, lend our voice to let the girls know, you know, that we love you, we're thinking about you, we're praying for you. And I do believe yeah. in prayer. You know, prayer does work. It changes things. Um, and just to see that happening was beautiful. Um, yeah, so yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome. So, you know, I want to go back a little bit. First, let's, mm-hmm. let's talk about some of your books because you have uh, quite a few books, like what, three or four or five of them out? I have five, and I'm working on a six outside of the okay, one I'm great. doing, helping my students with, yeah. Okay, that's awesome. Okay. Now, so when did you write your first book? And then let's talk about that one a little bit. Oh, my gosh. My first book is um, Sugar Lumps and Black Eyed Blues. I wrote that, what's it, 2014? Oh, Jiminy mm-hmm. Crickets. I wrote that in uh, 2005, 2006. Okay. So about a good got good six years in, maybe? Six, six wow. seven years? Yeah. Um, yeah. That book took a long time um, to write, to kind of cultivate, and I got a lot of rejection letters. And I'm on book six, so clearly rejection letters don't mean anything to me. Right, um, right. <laughs> and that that one was a rough, it was my first one, but it talks about yeah. all aspects of relationships. So I wrote it when I was, like, in my early 20s. So okay. most times when I go back to it, I was like, oh, my God, my 20s, it was so tumultuous. But right. um, <laughs> it just talks about all aspects of relationship, the good, the bad, the indifferent. And I also sat with other women who were going through different, you know, relationship pearls. Like there were a couple women that I know who were getting divorced, a couple women who were in abusive relationships, women who had, you know, been, you know, been sexually assaulted by their partners and unsure if they should stay or, or if they should go. Um, just all those different textures and elements, and yeah. So 
it's a, it's a little beast of a book. <laughs> it's a little beast of okay. a book. That's why it's called but it's your um, first Sugar Lump and Black Eye Blues. You put it out there, yeah. I did, yeah. Yeah, you put it out so there, so that's great. Proud. Yep. Okay, and then your next one I think was confectionally yours. Aha, yes. Second book? <laughs> ah, did my <laughs> <Yeah>. homework. <laughs> it is. And, and this then one is also social political. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Yeah, that was all social political. I followed, um, it was pretty much, I poetically followed the whole debate, uh, political debate for a year up until um, President, uh, who's now President Barack Obama, but then he was just, you know, a contender. Mm-hmm. Um, up until the election. So that's a social political book right there. Oh, wow. Uh, so social politics Nectar. a poem. Mahogany Nectar is a poetic memoir. So that's okay. fun. People who think they know, but they just don't know. Oh, I, well, you know what? I'm going to make sure I, I read each and every one of these. I'm an avid reader, so, um, and I'm actually working on my next book as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to get your books um, and check them out. It's like, I and know, I we, saw. I was like, oh, she's a fellow author. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so tell us about, um, let me see, we did, okay, tell us about Little Black Book. Yes. Oh, I'm glad you were able to read it because some people go, what is what is that word in the middle? I'm like, it's black. It's so <laughs> It's spelled the phonetic way when you look at black in the dictionary. Right, <laughs> um, right, right. Little, <laughs> a little black book. Yeah, it's it's a coffee, it's a it's a small coffee table book, but you know how mm-hmm. people have like their little black, you know, little black book in their nightstand. It's about taking all right. those little these dark secrets and and bringing uh-huh. them to light. Oh wow. Okay, that's going to be juicy. And, and then <laughs> what is? Uh, let me see. The last one, all the long stories, short, and the hotel, is this haikus? Yeah, well, Haikus. Little Black Book, all the long stories, short, that goes together. Okay, all that, that's, that goes that's, together. That's okay, sometimes. I got you. Yes. Okay, I got you. Um, the so, Hotel okay. Haikus is a whole book of haikus, actually, which I co-wrote with um, one of my um, alumni colleagues from Temple, um, T. Dot McQueen. So this book, oh. um, <laughs> it's 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 only funny now because times have passed. But uh, my co-writer and I, we used to live in the same apartment building, and uh-huh. someone set it on fire, and what? we were homeless <laughs> for four months. And <gasps> all I had was my notebook, my cell phone, and you know a pen. And what oh, I wow. did for those four months was write haikus to keep me sane. And he did oh, the same my. thing, and we decided to publish it. <laughs> oh, and my. That's how that what happened. year was this? What year was 2011. this? 2011. Oh, yeah, my. Yeah, about, about what? It's wow. uh, three years ago now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, how, tell me, how, how did you um, get into poetry? Was this something that, as a child, you just loved poetry, and, and it was just something that, you know, you just – like your your creative side was just a part of who you are. Did you did did you go uh, to school to develop that, or how did that come about? Poetry, it, I, it it came to me not when I was young. Like there there are some people who go, oh, I've been writing poetry since I was like nine or since I came out the mm-hmm. womb. I'm not one of those people. Um, I was more about the arts, of course. So a singer, a dancer, an actor. That's all the stuff that I was doing at a very very young age. And I really didn't write a lot except for journal entries because I was never a good writer. 
So it was like uh, if I could avoid writing, I actually would have avoided writing. Okay, um, okay. But around 13, 13 or 14, I just started, like, journaling, and then I took it to college and tried to put a little poetry pizzazz to it when I, you know, started getting interested in Nikki Giovanni and Jill Scott mm-hmm. and Robert Frost really was actually like kind of like the catapult for me. I enjoyed mm-hmm. um, his poem, his piece, The Road, the Road Not Taken. Mm-hmm. And when they took it from a poem and they turned it into a song that I had to sing it for choir one time, I was like, you can do that with poetry? Oh, like wow. it can be yeah. done that way? So that kind of like right. sparked my interest in a way. But I really didn't tap fully into it until I got to college, okay. my sophomore year of college when I met Kamika. And it's been a different journey ever since. Ever since. And now it's just like, wow, this is, you You probably didn't even realize that it was in you the whole time. <laughs> it was just there laying no. dormant. Yeah. Until, just chilling. Now look at you. Yeah, just chilling. Now look at you. But I want to go back and talk a little because we shared some things the other day um, when we were talking about the Sincerely She Project. And you were telling me that you even have some men involved in the project. And um, I really, I really love this, the idea, the concept behind it. And I'm quite sure that you know, um, since you've started this, uh, women from all walks of life have been, you know, you've attracted them um, to you and to this project. Tell me a little bit about how that's going and, um, you know, um, have you found that women really are opening up? Like, it's like, you know, I really needed to do this and it's really helped me out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm getting a little bit of both. I'm getting oh, my God, this is this is really great. Like, it's like therapy, but it's not therapy. So is it therapy? And I'm like, okay, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what it is um, yeah. for you. But they're really, really receptive to the space because even when you go to the site, it's, it's open. You know, it's opening. It's warming. It's We have our letters, but we also have, you know, our daily inspirations and then our daily thoughts for the day which are just right. like YouTube clips or a song or, you know, something that's motivational, even if it may be not good news. I don't want to say bad mm-hmm. news, but not, you know, not particularly good news. It still motivates you to do something in, in a mm-hmm. woman's space. So I'm getting that. I'm getting the, oh, my God, this is great. This I, I, needed, I needed to hear this or anything of that yeah. nature. It's great. But then I also have women who say, they're like, oh, I, you know, I still feel, you know, I can't expose myself, you know, in that way. Like, I want to do it, but something is holding me back from, like, doing it. And, you know, both both energies are good, but I always feel like that's that's what society has done to our women voices. They feel that they can't be as open as they want to be because someone's going to going to judge them or use their story against them in some way. And and that's not what this is. It's like, this is your story. This is your voice. And yeah. after it's on the paper, it may even no longer be for you. It may be right. for someone else who desperately needs to hear whatever your yeah. story may be. Yes. And, and you know, our stories aren't just for ourselves. Our stories and our experiences, you know, that we go through, we're supposed to share them because it helps someone else go, you know, go through whatever it is they're going through. Um, mm-hmm. And we talk about this a lot on my show, how fear just stops us in our tracks from 
being all that we can be. So I believe, though, that once people start really reading other people's journeys and uh, parts of the things that they're sharing about themselves, I believe that they're going to start opening up and, and sharing, um, you know, allowing themselves to heal. Because, yeah. you know, we've been women, whoo, Lord, we go through so much. <laughs> we do. And, so and, that's, much. and that's the wall that I just want to, like, I just yeah. want to break that down. And sometimes I say, sometimes um, men or those who are male-bodied, mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. they have it a little bit easier. It's a little bit easier for them to traverse through the world because who they are is just automatically accepted as male. I mean, of course, yeah. they know there's other underlying tones as far as, like, you're yeah. a person of yeah. color or, you know, based on your economic status. But if we're just talking, like, simply making a base generalization, male energy is just easily accepted. And, like, yeah. everything is open. They go to the bathroom, stuff is open. Like, men have no yeah. problem just talking about their women or, you know, whatever. But yeah. with women... Everything we do is kind of like at home in silence. Yeah. And even when we're amongst ourselves, there's certain things that we still feel are taboo. Like some people are afraid to even talk about the mundane of things of like their periods. All women have yeah. periods. Why is yeah. that like this? Oh my God! Why are you talking? About, like it's there's yeah, just like negativity hush, hush. towards that. <laughs> exactly. Right. I was like, we all have hair. We do. Our, we all do our hair in different ways. You know, we all yeah. have our periods. We all go through menopause at some point. We've all had bad yeah. relationships. Why is it that we have to keep it so closeted as if we have nothing going on in our lives? We can still be strong yeah. even when we have these things that may be causing us conflict. And it's about putting that on the table and sharing that with one another so we don't have to struggle alone. Yeah. Exactly, and that's the whole thing. Everybody, women feel like they are alone. Um, and, and I think we have our own selves to blame for that because we are so judgmental. And, you know, we, the only reason we judge one another is because we are afraid to really sit down and look at ourselves. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. You know, if we yes. took the time to really be, and I say this all the time, be true to ourselves. You know, look at yourself and examine you. Learn who you really are and learn how to love who you are. Because I, I believe that if we truly loved ourselves, I mean really, really loved ourselves, there is no way on God's green earth that we could go out here and hurt our sister. There just isn't. Exactly. Exactly. If you, if like, you are to, in, mm-hmm, go ahead. Oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I was just saying I've been to so many um, female spaces, um, sometimes unintentionally and intentionally, whereas mm-hmm. it just it can sometimes feel like the tension cuts the tension mm. with a knife, and I'm like, we don't, yeah. we don't, we don't need to do that. Yeah. You know, a as human beings, but then b as like. We're supposed when women gather, it's supposed to be like uplifting and empowering, yeah. and not like you know, like a bitch fest all the time. <laughs> you know, like yeah. we can we can inspire one another, you know, without you know trying to judge the other woman or you know exactly. smile in her face and then talk about her, you know, weeks or days later. Like it doesn't have to doesn't have to be that way, but we make it that yeah. way, which is sad. Yeah, it is. But, you know, the work that you're doing um, is shedding light on it. 
And that's what is needed because the more light that's shed on it, then something, you know, they can be made aware of it, and then changes can be made. So Mm -hmm. I really, you know, I admire anyone who is motivating, empowering women and men, but especially our Mm -hmm. women, especially our young women. (laughs) You know, and here's Mm -hmm. another thing, too. I'm talking about this while we're on this subject. I find that, um, I think I shared with you the other day that, you know, I, I mentor young women, and it's my heart just aches um, because there's a lot of young women who are act, they're hurting because of their home life, and it, it all starts at home. It always all starts at home. And if your mother, if you're being raised by a mother who has not dealt with her past issues, and then here she comes along and then dumps her past issues onto you. And now you don't even understand what's going on. You don't understand the conflict or why your mother is projecting this attitude towards you, this unloving, you know, energy. And, of course, when you receive that, then the young, the young lady has no recourse but to act out. Mm-hmm. So Mm -hmm. it literally starts at home, and it starts with us as adult women to be able to really uh, coach and love our own children. And, Lynn, just like you said, it does have to come with starting with loving yourself. I mean, everything is is secular, right? They talk about the kind of, you know, the secular oppression, meaning that, you know, when a woman has, you know, a female child, the female mm-hmm. child is watching, and that's the one thing I learned with, like, just, oh just being God. with young bodies all the time. We yeah. may think that they're not listening and absorbing oh, what we're girl. doing, mm-hmm. but they are, you know, yes. and they have so much yes. to say about it when they vehemently disagree, right? Oh, um, yes. <laughs> Preach, girl. But, like, yeah, you know, like, you know, they're listening and they're there and they're they're very much present. And so, yes. like, when you, you know, you know, as a, as a as a mother, you know, if you are one of the ones always, you know, looking in the mirror and be like, oh, I wish I could change this, or I look ugly today, or this doesn't, I don't look right in this, or X, Y, and Z, mm. your mm. your offspring hear that, and they and yes. that's what they model themselves after. So, after, and again, yeah. that woman is getting it from society. Society yes. says you must have a slender nose and your, your skin must be fair and your hair must be long yeah. and your clothes must be just right. Like, you have to yeah. shop at Rodeo Drive and you shouldn't buy your yeah. clothes from Target. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. or it's yeah. like, oh, you can, you can wear something, you know, that's hand-me-down, but then it must be called vintage. Like, so you're yeah. getting all these yeah. things, these things from society. Yeah. You're applying exactly. them to you when they don't have to. And then your children see it. Yeah. So yeah. we're training them to hate themselves before they yep. know yeah. who they are. Exactly. And that's exactly what I run up against all the time. And, you know, I have to, I have to uh, share this um, with you. I have my daughter, is, uh, she'll be 24 this year, and that's like my baby. I mean, oh, my God, that's yeah. just like my life. My, both of my children have a son, a son and a daughter. But when you have a girl, 
um, which I was afraid to have at one, you know, when um, I was pregnant because I was like, oh, my God, you know, I don't know if I could have a girl. I don't know if I could raise a girl, whatever, blah, blah, blah. blah. But, you know, when I found out I was having a girl, it was like the best thing that anybody could ever tell me. I thought I just hit the lottery. But let me tell you, that girl, when she came into the world, she was a beautiful soul, but she watched me like a hawk watches a chicken. And I tell her that we talk all the time about it. And I said, and I, and I had to tell her recently, and I had to thank her because she made me a better woman. You know, I, I had this, all of a sudden I had this little being who was watching me all of the time. I'm telling you all the time. I couldn't even go to the bathroom by myself, <laughs> you know. And, and, and now all of a sudden you recognize it's like, wow, things I used to do, I can't do them anymore. The things that I used to say, I can't say them anymore because now I, I'm, I'm shaping and I'm molding this life. You know, right. and some yeah. women, we need to understand that when you, when you choose to bring a life into this world, a big part of you is given over to that other life. If you want this individual to be a productive being on this planet, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so I always tell her and let her know, and I thank her so much for holding me to the fire, you know, and making me be a better mom or making me be a better woman, period. Um, and yeah. I think that that's what we need. Even if you're not a mother, there's women out here that I meet who, who've never mothered a child, but they just have this, this consciousness about themselves. They're awakened to the fact that, you know what, I, have, I love myself, and I love myself enough to extend myself to other people because I see a need here, and I see that they need this part of me that I know I can give. And so my hat goes off to all of those women out there who are genuinely giving love to our young people. You know, um, and we're talking about women and young girls, but let's talk about the young men because you said that mm-hmm. you also have uh, men as a part of the Simply She Project. So tell me about that. Yes, um, it was important to me from the onset of even just thinking about how to um, put things together for the Sincerely She Project mm-hmm. that the men voices be included as well. Because um, okay. sometimes, you know, with history, you know, when you're talking about, you know, all the women's liberation and, you know, the feminist movement and all that kind of stuff, where men's voices were brought on after the fact. Because okay. there was this ideology to believe that we are women, we are here, hear us roar, let us define our space first, and then we can invite you in. Mm-hmm. Um, considering that I, I, I look at myself as to look at just humanity, like just doing what's right for humanity, and Claiming a female space, a woman's space, yes. But we can do that also in conjunction from the beginning with our men and our male voices as well. Um, And it's very important because, you know, just as we think there are men out there, you know, who are bashing women and, you know, as we talk about, like, the wage gap and all that kind of stuff, men always trying to one-up and all that kind of thing, there Mm -hmm. are men out there who have been standing by the side of their women from the beginning. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. having men voices is very important. And the men, what they do is they write letters as well, but they write letters to the women in their lives, whoever that woman may be, their daughter, their niece, their grandmother, their wife, awesome. their sister, their aunt. Awesome. So that, you know, so other women can see, oh, this is 
So all men are not dogs. They're not all rapping and calling us hoes and this, that, and the other. There are right. good men out there, and it's not cliche to say, well, I got a good man. It's like, oh, we know there are good men out there who yes. stand beside you, not because you are a woman, but you are a human being traversing this world as well. Absolutely. Uh, girl, you just gave me goosebumps. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Yes, because, it's, again, it's needed. I mean, you know, you're highlighting and you're spotlighting um, issues that are so needed. And, and you're uh, based in Philadelphia, correct? Based in Philadelphia and New York. And New York, okay. So mm-hmm. tell us what you do when in, when you're in New York. Now, are you do off-Broadway performances? Yes, uh, off-Broadway performances infusing puppetry and poetry. Um, Girl, right now, I'm also in the process. Tell us about that. Tell us about um, that. That's exciting. <laughs> I got involved with that um, going on three years ago now when, um, you know, my apartment building got burned down here in Philadelphia. Okay. And I was homeless. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to start over or do I start over? What does that even look like? You know, X, Y, and Z. You know, all the tumultuousness you go through um, mm-hmm. when you have essentially nothing. And this residency came about, which I was on the wait list for earlier in that year. And I was primarily on the wait list because I was based in Philadelphia. So mm-hmm. when the apartment, you know, was caught on fire, I had nowhere to go. A space opened up in the residency, and they said, Listen, if you're willing to come, we're willing to have you. So, you know, I packed up my last $12 and my notebook, and I went. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I went and literally haven't looked back since. Um, But being there, not only was it just like a different artistic outlet for me um, in that particular time, it was about infusing the world's two oldest art forms. You have puppetry and you have poetry. And it was Beautiful. I got to work with a whole bunch of artists from all across the boroughs of New York wow. and having wow. so many different textured elements. Like we learned about may- marionettes and shadow puppetry. I love marionettes. And, yeah. Oh, they're great. They're fun. And um, yeah. I learned a new form of poetry called found poetry, um, which is like found, just finding all found? these words. Mm-hmm. Found, yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Found poetry. So you're like you, mm-hmm. you just have a random slew of words and you make and you make that the poem, you know, and then you have oh, wow. found puppetry, which is the same thing, where you have all these random items that you use to create one puppet to tell your story. Um, oh, my God. And I'm taking it a step. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Like, it's amazing. It's, like, yeah. it's, it it's, like, like it's it. so great. I can't even explain it. Like, it's the mechanics well, of it. Well, when can I see it? I want to see some of it. When can I see it? Do you have anything online that I can look at or we can look at what? Girl, share. Sure. Share. you got to share. <laughs> well, yeah, I do, I do have uh, two things online. My first one, um, it was in the intro that you read. It was called Seeking Silence. Okay. And that's where we use mask, mask making and human puppetry plus poetry to talk about trying to create a true democracy. Um, mm. it, 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 it's still flabbergasts me to this day how we were able to do that in such a short period of time. And with that piece, I was working with um, six other artists, um, some okay. you know professional puppeteers, professional math makers, and I was the only poet in that group, so a lot of pressure was put on me <laughs> to make it, oh, wow. you know, make the words sound great. And then we had dancers. We have dancers in the group as well. So 
they helped us with choreography in terms of turning ourselves into this one big human puppet. And um, oh my gosh. the the other piece is called Cartons of Ultrasounds again. And I did that. I created my own tour. It's called the Silent No More Tour, and that was basically to bring out all the stories that we think are taboo about women and showcase it as, you know, be, we're being silent no more. These are our stories. And I used oh, puppetry wow. in that as well, a tabletop poet, tabletop female puppet um, who had no mouth. She had no mouth oh, at all. Wow. So I had to be her voice. Um, awesome. It was amazing. <laughs> so, awesome. but those okay. videos is that online? Find, yes, it is. They both are online. Um, you can okay. go to www.pspoetics.com, mm-hmm. and that's P as in Tom, S as in Sam, T as in Paul, O as in open, E as in every, T as in Tom, I as in ice cream, C as in cats, S as in Sam, dot com, pspoetics.com, and it's all right awesome. there. <laughs> Awesome. Well, you know, I I can't wait. I can't wait. I want to check it out. You know, I would just love to do something like that. I never thought about doing anything like that, but the more and more I hear you talk about it, it's like, wait a minute, that sounds really cool. Yeah. (laughs) It sounds really fun. And I was like, trust me, I never never thought about doing anything like that either, but Mm -hmm. the circumstances where they were and how things fell, what what did I have to lose? You know what right. I mean? So I just yeah. jumped into it and gave it all I could, and and I'm enjoying it. I really am enjoying it. Well, you know, our best stuff comes from our um, worst experiences, you know. Um, mm-hmm. When we're down and when our, when our backs are pushed against the wall, that's when we rise, and we rise and we give our best stuff. And it's like, wow, I didn't even know I had that in me. Um, so, wow, miss, I hear you. You, I mean, went from homeless to, and you know, I really, it's, it's weird hearing that because it's like, okay, your apartment bill, you were homeless for a few months and now look at you. I mean, it's weird, but then at, at the same time you can see, it's like, okay, like my, my healing business, Phoenix Rising, you were a phoenix and you rose out of the ashes and look at you now. You know, yeah. and probably you would not have even pushed or moved on, or this door may not have even opened up if it weren't for that whole experience right there. And that's true. I, you know, I would. And at that point in my life, not saying that you know I had done everything that I wanted to do, but I was right. I was embarking on that emotion because I said I had my like before thirty checklist, and I wasn't even thirty at that time. I still had a mm-hmm. few a few years before I hit thirty. And I had did most of the stuff that I wanted to do. Like, I did an off-Broadway show, you know what I mean? And it's like, wow. I wrote four books up to that point, and I only wanted to write one, you know, and I wanted to travel the world, and, you know, and I did that speaking at different symposiums, like, literally across the globe. So I was in this space of, like, well, there's nothing else, you know, for me to do. I already did my checklist, so I'm feeling, I'm feeling great. Like, there's nothing more that I should achieve for myself at that point and then the fire happened so it's easy to look back at that now right but in the moment I was like what is this like exactly like all over the place but um I wasn't thankful for the moment then because I didn't understand what was happening exactly we never do in it yeah yeah of course you know hindsight is all you know 
Yeah. Whatever. So yeah. what they say, hindsight is twenty twenty or it's whatever. 2020, yeah. 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 So now yeah. when I look back at it, it's just it's like it's something that needed to happen. It was unfortunate at that time. It was an unfortunate yeah. reality. Of course. But where I am now, and you know, it's kind of helped me shift my focus. Yeah. Not yeah. too much. And you know, you know, yeah. Things, yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's another thing that we always talk about on this show, um, because you can never hear it so you you can never hear it enough that our experiences, you know, our pitfalls aren't uh, they don't define us, you know, everything right. everything there's nothing new under the sun, and everything if there's a reason for it, everything there's a lesson in every single thing that happens in our lives. I just got finished reading um, my mentor's book, um, Dr. Wayne Dyer. He just wrote another book, I Can See Clearly Now, and it's exactly what we're talking about, how, of course, when things happen, we get all emotional, we get distraught, we get anxious, we get, we get just so much that's happening. We, can't, we don't understand why, but it's mm-hmm. not until you move forward and you move out of that thing and you can look back and now you can say oh my god okay now I see now I get it now I know why I went through so tell us where do you want to take your work now what's what's next for Miss T.S. Hawkins uh, and that's the thing like I I often get that question a lot and sometimes I think oh maybe the next time I hear it um, my answer will probably You'll change know. but <laughs> I, yeah but it's like I don't and that's the thing before, you know, before other things in my life happened, it was all about me setting these goals and making sure right. I hit the goal or better. Mm-hmm. And now I just kind of, um, I just have this energy, like, you know, a shift change, you know, within me as well. I go wherever the work takes me. If the work takes okay. a break, I take a break. Um, you know, so I'm not, I'm not forcing it or forcing myself to be something that it shouldn't be. So that's that's just where it is right now. Like I don't I don't see the future for things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They will come as they come. Okay, I I love it. And you never know. Maybe you and I will be able to do some things together. You never know what the future holds. Indeed. Exactly. (laughs) That's just like. Let's make I'm it happen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, we're we're down to the portion of the show because I tell you, you know, sixty minutes it goes by so quickly. But um, really I have a treat for my audience today, and we always get down to the part of the show where I will leave you with this. So today, um, I'm going to leave you with a poem by none other than Miss T.S. Hawkins herself. So, Miss T., you take us home, girl. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, the mm-hmm. poem, I, I was trying to figure out what poem should I do, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But I will um, always go to kind of like the, the staple for the radio listeners because it eases them into who I am a little bit. This piece is okay. from my first book, Sugar Lumps and Black Eyed Blues, and it's a piece that I wrote about my the relationship between I and my mother. Um, okay. I feel like that would be, would be apropos, and it's called An Ode to the Past. Okay. Takes me back. Takes me back to the playground where grass tickles the toes and hands touch clean sand in sandboxes. Mother's snacks placed in a diaper bag that I was too old for, but 
But I didn't care because my mama loved me. As she watched me play, living, and loving life. The sun beats down on me just like she would if I didn't come a-running by the second time she called my name, but I was too busy, busy bobbing on seesaws, swinging on swings, and whirling on that big toy thing, you know, the one that can have you spinning in circles for hours. And as your mind vomits from being dizzy, you stand up and do it again because you subconsciously love the feeling. It takes me back takes me back to where grass tickles the toes and hands touch clean sand in sandboxes, where I was once safe. And people looked out for me then, blanketing my fears with a palette of comfort and joy, but times have changed. And I dread life because it's no longer a game. Dwelling in a world where societal norms seesaw, tossing emotions back and forth, battling my credibility by the fickle standards of this nation and whirling around in a sea of confusion. I'm the future. I want to go back, back to a time where my only concern was touching clean sand and sandbox, where grass tickles the toes, lulling me into serenity as I play, and eating mother's snacks, placed in a diaper bag that I was too old for, but I didn't care. I saw how much my mama loved me as she watched me play, living, and loving life. Thank you. Woo, I'm snapping. I'm snapping, girl. <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. That was awesome. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Ooh, girl, you got me wanting more. So I'm going to have to bring you back on. I'm going to have to bring you back on at a later date and share some more of your poetry with us. Oh, thank you so much. Um, Well, thank you for having me and taking the time out, you know, with your show and showcasing what we're doing for women. Oh, well, you know what? I thank you for (laughs) Oh, well, you know, I thank you for doing what you do, and um, I really, really appreciate it, and I can't wait to see what you have coming up next because I know it's just going to be fabulous, just like you are. Oh, thank thank you. you Thank you so much again, Ms. T. And um, you take it easy, and we will definitely be in touch. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, please make sure you go to her website um, and, and, and check out her works, the Sincerely She Project, project.blogspot.com, or you can email her at sincerelyshe at gmail.com. And to check out her puppet and poetry, girl, try to say that five times fast, okay? Puppet <laughs> and poetry work, go to www.tspoetics.com. Dot com. <laughs> That's www.tspoetics. T, thank you so much for coming on and, and spending some time with us. We love you, and we look, for, we look forward to having you back with us again. Yes, thank you. All right, sweetie, take care. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye. That was Miss T.S. Hawkins, ladies and gentlemen. We just love her, love her, love her. That concludes our show for this evening. I want to uh, thank everyone for tuning in with us tonight. Shout out to my family who are always loving and supporting me, and also to 
all of my friends and colleagues and all of my social networking sites. Another big thank you, I can't thank her enough, uh, to our special guest, Ms. T.S. Hawkins, for taking the time to share her wisdom with us, for knowledge is power, and when we know better, we do better. Also, don't forget to stop by my website, yourdestinyawaits.net, to get some extra motivation and inspiration, and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash a date with destiny 101 and follow us on twitter at lease l-y-s-e 101 we will be back next monday at 5 30 eastern standard time tonight i'm going to end the show with an awesome song by my recent guest kevin lavar entitled born to be great that is awesome and if you missed his show you can go back in the archives and click on and listen to kevin absolutely fabulous so your mission if you choose to accept it ladies and gentlemen is take the necessary time to do a true self-evaluation seek god and learn how to love yourself first because after all you owe it to yourself to know yourself once again i'm lisa m saunders and thank you for tuning in to blog talk radio's a date with destiny peace and abundant blessings everyone Woke up this morning, feeling kind of down.